welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. We've pulled the lever. Yep. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choices are. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. <laughs> well, this is the punishment for pulling the wrong lever. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> <laughs> So in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's kind of true. Thanks, Kronk. Why do we even have that lever? All right, coming to you live in 8K resolution from Salt Lake City. We're not in Split Studio this time. This is, for what it's worth, Season 8, Episode, I think, 6. <laughs> Yay! We're here! We're here together again! This episode's title is Picanha because I just had to pick out something that sounded cool. <laughs> Picanha's the best anyway, man. What What are you talking about? It's good. So, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Brazil and Brazilian furries this episode. But before we do that, I'm Tux Puppy Bear. Sitting across from me, it's so weird to be this way again, is Ruchi C. Lexico, Queen of the Cookies. Yeah, uh, what? Not Queen of the Cookies. I, in, in I our, am king. And in our audience, we have Ru's godson, Kitty. That's all we have to say about that. Yay! Hi, Kitty. Kitty's right. cute. So, I'm in town for the holidays. Um... And since I'm here, I figured, hey, let's record together. Now, something you may notice is our audio is a little different, and that's because we're running into some technical logistics today, so we are recording off of one mic in, a, in an array configuration. So, so in other words, it's going to sound like season one. <laughs> there might be one. a little bit more reverb. We're sorry. Hopefully, hopefully it got cleaned up in post. We'll, we'll see. But we're here for you. And I've just got to say, I feel like this episode's cursed. Like, we've tried to do this recording for, like, a month and a half. It's been nothing but issues and troubles. And I think that we, like, put, for for a record, we put two, like, back releases or not... What, best ofs. Best ofs. We've never done that. That's That's been, like, for yep. a very long time that we've ever done anything like that so, before. So, to fill you in, um, Rue has been extremely busy. I've been extremely busy because it's that time of year. Before that, I was suddenly um, whisked out of town on business. Um, and I was fortunate in the sense that that whisking let me go to MFF unexpectedly. Woo! So that was a delay. Con report. And then there's just Con scheduling report. logistics. So we're back. So tell us about your convention experience. You know, it's really funny. So I've said a hundred times on here, I'm going to, I hate big cons. I like the smaller medium cons because I can spend time with people. And then I wind up going to the biggest furry convention in the world, which uh, I, I don't know how that's, I guess that's my life. The thing about this con is um, it's it's run pretty well as far as organization. People will have a lot of gripes with registration, and I understand that. That line was insane. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's no skin off the con's back in the sense of, like, they people were trying. They were aware. They were just so many people there. Like, they weren't prepared for that level of growth. Well, they just want to make sure that patrons and sponsors get their their you know their reward for being a patron sponsor right no it's not that it's that the line for 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 pre-reg and just on-site reg um went through so if you imagine like one of those big ballrooms um that you would find at a hotel like the ones that are like 40 feet by 40 feet right they had like three of those with zigzag lines in them getting all the way up to the front it was like a four-hour wait yeah but if you registered as a patron you had or, a separate line yeah you had a separate line which right. is smaller which normally i i do patron and sponsor i'm not saying anything against patron yeah. and sponsors it's just 
Yeah. You don't want to wait in the four-hour line. Um, I, I'll be honest. I paid to upgrade because I was like, I'm only here for 72 hours, There's and a... the 100 bucks to see my friends is worth it. Yeah. Because um, I also was traveling up by air, so I didn't have a ton of luggage space. So what was I going to buy? Um, so anyways, so uh, yeah, people will say Reg was terrible. Um, and there were a couple things that they could have done better. And I, and I talked to the person who's in charge of registration. I had a chance, and I said, look, just project a QR code and say, speed this up. Do it on your phone. You know, pay now rather than paying on site. And then when you just get up front, you're ready to go. Like, not everyone does it, but, like, imagine if half the people or even 10% of the people in that huge line, it would have made a little bit of a difference, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, little things like that. But I understand where they're coming from, and I feel like they did the best they could. So I, I, I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I'm, I'm trying to be sincere. Like, I see you guys try it. Yeah. And I know you're going to get better. Uh, so anyways, right just line aside... Uh, the con did not feel like a felt, which was the last, which was the biggest con that I went to, and was the biggest con of the time. Uh, they have plenty of space there. They have the convention center. They have the Hyatt, um, and to a lesser extent, there's um, other parties and stuff. The difficulties I ran into is that the the of course you had a little bit of that East Coast feeling that a con has, um, where things are a little bit more restricted, but the the party circuit is not quite as good. Um, like, um, how I, so? So I feel like, uh, in, in especially now with doing this contrast, um, seeing West Coast cons as much as I do, there's a pretty good private party circuit, right? Oh yeah. And it's not just come chill in my room. It's like we're having a party, and they have room parties, uh, and they're pretty pretty good about minding the hotel and stuff. Whereas it was, I know there were a few of those parties, but I felt like getting into that circuit was much much more difficult. And a lot of people I knew were there. Um, and I was having a hard time getting into those circuits. Not that I feel like, oh, I should just be in, but, you know, the typical kinds of invitations you would see at, like, FC or BLFC and stuff weren't happening mm -hmm. uh, anywhere. And I was, and I sat and people watched quite a bit, too, to see, because I was like, is this just me? Is this other people? No, it's very much like, if you're in the click, you're in the click. If you're not, you're not. So, in other words, in order to be able to be invited to those parties, you have to start way, way in advance, like, a month or two in advance to be able to get invited to these people particular parties um i don't even think it's that i think it's like a mini version of the seattle freeze in the sense of like you might get invited to one like a safe party and then depending on how that goes then you'll get invited to other parties people aren't i, I don't know if they're just not as trusting or what it is um but it was just an interesting observation in, in terms of how it impacted my con experience that i think there was more uh, impact on the programming too like people want to go to the programming there i don't really go to programming anymore but like People that were like, no, we got to go to this and that. And I went to some pretty funny panels and stuff. Uh, they had one with a comedy troupe that I enjoyed. Um, the other piece that I think is important is I've always had a theory that cons uh, do best when they can own a hotel and make it their bitch. But that when there's one choke point that everyone has to walk through because that's where you get those sparks of, oh, you're here, oh, you're here. Mm -hmm. um, and because there's a convention center. Which at BLFC, it's the elevators. Right. Um, so... Uh, and with the convention center in play, when you start having multiple buildings involved, mm -hmm. where they're not all like integrated, uh, I feel like that that's when cons kind of lose their magic. Uh, this con actually managed to hold on to it because the Hyatt became that that point. Everyone goes to the Hyatt. I don't know why, but it wound up being that way. So they actually still had that connection point. So um, people have been asking me, "Are you going to go again?" And uh, it's too early for me to make that commitment. I've got I'm starting out my travel plans for next year. I would like to go if I have the chance. I enjoyed it enough that I would go back for sure. And there are a lot of people I don't see that would go to RF that now it's dead. 
that I saw there. So that was that was super fun. That's the first con that I saw everyone on my to do list, and felt like I spent good quality time with them. Awesome. Yeah. So, welcome back to Utah. Did you feel that your testimony came back as you traveled across the board? No, but I'm certainly now understanding the, the thing about Utah's a nice place to visit, but not to live. <laughs> okay, so uh, you tell me about this. You did, so, uh, Prop 2, so filling people in at home, Utah. Wait, we don't talk about politics here. No, but I just want to know in general, because <laughs> it's a cultural thing, right? Like, so Utah voted to legalize pot, which is kind of like, whoa, what? Um... But now they're they're doing stuff with it. How do you feel about that? Because like, do you feel like Utah's changing? Well, right now there's just more. I mean, again, it's a political question. I mean, now what's happening is the state itself has made a decision that they're going to write the legislation of how they want to, and they're ignoring the vote itself. The will of the people. Though they're ignoring the will of the people, and they're like, okay, well, because if it they would have said no. Like, if, if it would have been voted no, it would have been like, oh, okay, all right, it's no, so we don't have to do anything, you know? They were waiting, and they were wanting the people to say no. That's what they were waiting for. But because it voted yes, they were like, oh, crap, we didn't think that this was going to pass, and now it did, and now... We have to make it legal. We have to make it legal, and we have to do something, but we're going to switch everything up that we didn't like about it. Right. To, to make it the way that we want it to be. and So so the question is, do you think Utah is growing up and is, is becoming a big boy now, like the rest of the states? Or do you think Utah is, is still special and weird? I think Utah is still special and weird. Okay. I don't... Um, I feel like that instead they should be like, congrat... You know, be like, it passed. All right. Let's, let's put forth the effort to... To make sure this measure goes through. This is the will of the people. This is the voice of the people itself. But instead it was... They, they were trying to find any they way that they possibly could to, to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah, they're being mom and dad about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Alright, well, so that aside... Um, because I honestly... To, to answer your question, just because a state has legalized weed, it's like... That doesn't necessarily mean that we're all grown up because, oh, now we can smoke weed... Like I'll, I'll tell you this though, in Seattle, no one's punching each other in the face anymore. They're like, "Hold on a minute." Oh no, it's fine, man. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, what have you been up to? Ah, uh, let's see. Make it quick though, because we've been going too long. Sorry. I know. Because you just you take all of the show I all do. the time. I do. Just kidding. So, of course, I've been playing tons of Smash. Absolutely tons. Of Smash. Oh, okay, Skylo, skip ahead five minutes. All right. Uh... <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty fun. I've been playing uh, Dead Dead Cells. That's been pretty fun. But um, well, how did you think about Smash? How, what are some positives and minuses? I have Spider Man problems with Smash. Um, I, it's a good game. Spider Man uh, problems. I'll explain that. Um, I it's a good game. Um, I, I I understand the production value on it, and I feel like it's solid. Uh, when I say I have Spider Man problems, I feel like so we had those the uh, who was the it wasn't Tobey Maguire, was it? I can't remember. I'm having a brain fart. Who The original Spider-Man trilogy of movies, yeah. right? And then, like, a, it felt like a week later, they're like, and here's a reboot. And I'm like, hold on, I'm not done with these people over here. What are you doing with them? And it's like, you can tell this, that what happened is, is they just kept developing on uh, the Wii U version and adding more and more and more, which is, makes sense because yeah. you don't want to repeat a bunch of work. Um but I, I don't know. I feel like it's too soon. I, I remember before there were like these big breaks between Smash Brothers and Nintendo would do a bunch of 
series it changes. I think that they could have waited one more year. They they personally. should have waited one more year, and I understand why. So like I'm playing it, and I'm like, oh, this is it feels like I didn't really stop playing Smash before and take a little break, and so it's just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm not as excited as I would normally be. I mean, I I do like some of the newcomers that they've made. Like, I, yeah, like I said, it's not a commentary on all the changes they made. I just feel like it was too soon. Like King K. Rule is. Awesome. Oh, he's great. And he is just broken. <laughs> you can break his shield. Yeah. It's um. it's it's been pretty fun. Um, I, I think one of the things that's been... Um, me and my husky kind of had a... Your second. Uh, don't remind me. I'm going to have a second episode sometime. That, um, the second. Yeah, that's just going to have him on it, and it's going to be, yes, you are my second. How are you doing, second? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your life, second. Anyways. Um, yeah. Going back to Smash Brothers, it was it, it was fun. It was a fun surprise. It will be interesting to see uh, what other characters that they add in. The hype was real. There was a lot of people that were super hyped up about it. Because they skipped the last one, and I get that. You think that a lot of people skipped oh, it? Oh yeah, dude. This, the we the the Wii U version sold well for the Wii U, right? But like, it makes sense to have ported all those changes forward and then kept building on it because a lot of people did not play it. It's, it's weird that a lot of people have just been waiting just for this game to come out before they would get a Switch. I need to turn my eyebrows. <laughs> I am not used to having you here. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I get used to gesticulating at this computer screen, or if I have someone in, in, in the Seattle studio, but yeah, it's it's different. Like I'm like, I have to look at you now? Yeah. I'm not used to looking at you. <laughs> Which means we obviously need to record in a single studio more often. We do. Well, let's let's move forward since we we went way over time. So we I did. think it's that time. It's do the cookie. Awesome. There's a bumper somewhere in here, right? Yeah, the bumper. Okay, good bumper. <laughs> All right. So for today's cookie, we have you will travel far and wide, both for pleasure and business, in bed with a cookie. Well, that was me last month. Yeah. So is that an old fortune? No. Oh. Huh. Cool. So the lucky numbers is Shut up. 10. <laughs> we did that. That's our old time end. Okay, well, we will go to potty break and then we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed your lovely potty break. We are now ready to talk about our episode, which is going to be talking about Brazil. Yay! I hope I picked some samba music for the, the break. Don't. <laughs> I love... Okay, I like... I, samba can be really stereotypical, but I like samba. I do. Anyway, I don't want to butcher your name, sir, so please introduce yourself. Okay, so... Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, my name is Burgos. I am this weird wolf goat person from the Brazilian fandom. And I uh, feel really honored to be in this interview. Well, so tell us how long that you've been part of the fandom. Well, I've, I discovered the fandom in 2011. Uh, I always had this, uh, you know, the literal fur affinity, the whole thing about really uh, being interested in anthropomorphic culture and stuff. And when I found the fandom, I was like, holy crap, I, I, there is a thing for this. So I gotta be part of it. So I've been in this for 
seven years since Willie and Alvin, in case. And um, ever since, I was always completely active, never actually left, never really stopped uh, going to... You know, I actually only went to my first convention in 2017 because uh, the whole convention thing wasn't always big in Brazil. It only started happening in 2016, but um, yeah. What's the convention's name out there? Okay, so the first hotel convention, the, the first traditional ferry convention is Brazil Fur Fest. It uh, started happening back in 2016. It was the first time anyone attended that. But uh, first, uh, we started having the sort of farmhouse little... I, I don't know if I can call them conventions because there's always less than like 30 people. But we had Abando, which was a, a meet at our farmhouse. And then there's uh, Fursichu, which is also the, the same thing as, the, as Abando, the first one. Uh, and then we do we, we started having Brazil Fur Fest, and it's just like um, a mini version of your American conventions, like the first one. I, I don't remember how many people were in them, but uh, were in that. But uh, in 2017, we had like 350 something people, and it grew to 450 this year. And the hotel is starting to get small. It's just interesting how, like, in three years, we've seen so much growth in both the convention and the fandom in, in, in this country. So, you've, you're a native Brazilian, right? Have you lived in Brazil all your life? Actually, uh, yeah, I'm a native Brazilian, but when I was two months old, uh, my, my dad got a job in Bolivia, and we moved there, and I've, I grew up there for seven years and then came back to Brazil. And then it just started, like, just started like hopping from city to city, and now I'm uh, in this wonderful hillbilly state studying, at, uh, studying, studying advertising at uh, university. So, what are the differences that you are currently that you currently see? What are some of the things that um, make 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 your area special in compared to some of the rest of the world? My area is in Brazil or my state? Yeah, well, I mean, well, well, both. But start. I think start in in Brazil at large. Like, what makes Brazil unique in the world? Unique. <laughs> well, Brazilians usually will tell you, oh, I hate this place, this place is terrible, but I do appreciate a lot of our original culture. Like, I, I would say the thing I love the most about Brazil is the food. We really have our own um, culinary culture, and uh, it's an amazing thing, really. And, like, I remember going to France and looking for a Brazilian restaurant after getting tired of eating there. Um, but yeah, we, we do have a lot of history with music, art, and you know all the things you see on TV. Carna uh, Carnaval is not um, it, it just it feels it could feel to you that is like one of the stereotypes that we don't actually enjoy, but we do. It's a, it's a huge thing down here, and uh, well, but obviously it's not only that. I, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's mostly what defines a culture in general: music, food, um, art. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I was going to... I had a list, and I'm just trying to find it. Um, there's a list of, of stereotypes that I think people think of, and I wanted you to elaborate on those, because that way people will hopefully be a little more educated. So, for instance, a lot of people think Brazil is just a one giant rainforest, and everyone deals with it in their daily life. Is that true? Well, um, no, obviously. <laughs> uh, we do have... 
you know, thousands, like we have a gigantic uh, forest area in Brazil. We have the Amazon. I, I've been there. It's uh, freaking beautiful, so diverse and, you know, all the fauna and stuff. But uh, if you go to places like uh, Sao Paulo, um, the city surrounding Sao Paulo and the state of Sao Paulo, it, it, you, you just see, like, if, if you go to the downtown area in Sao Paulo, you basically are in New York. So you do get the whole first world looking development. <laughs> okay, not exactly, but uh, they are, there are metrop gigantic metropolis cities and stuff. And um, there's different, so, there like so many different places, so many different looks that are far from just a, a huge rainforest, of course. So I, I heard that in Brazil, you have one of the seven wonders of the world. What's what's there? Oh, it's Christ the Redeemer, of course. Uh, it's just a big old Jesus standing on top of Rio. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen the statue? Is it as imposing as it looks? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, because uh, my uh, fiance lives in Rio, and she lives in the south area of the city, which is like the the most uh, touristic side of the city. It's a really mm -hmm. beautiful place, to be honest. And uh, you can see Christ the Redeemer from everywhere. Like, if, you, if you're approaching Rio on the bus, you can see it. It's, it's really strategically placed. I think the most beautiful thing about uh, the Redeemer is not just the statue, but the way it's placed. So it's it just looking over the entire city. I really like that. I've never been to... Uh, you know, the, the actual site, the, the place where, where it is. And most of the people who live in Rio, like most of the people I know who are from there, the fandom is really strong there, by the way. They've never actually been there, but, uh, well, you can see it from everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, I've also heard that um, you have some of the, the most um, famous carnivals in the world. Carnival. The most what? Sorry? Carnival festivals. So the, the biggest, you said? Yes. Sorry. Oh, well, we do. We're the most famous. <laughs> it's, so have uh, you attended one before? No, I've... a big parade. Yeah, we, I've never been to a carnival festival before, like ever. But, um, yeah, we do. Um, it's It happens all over Brazil, really. But uh, it's the most famous parade will be in Rio. And you see, like, millions and millions of bucks, you know, just <laughs> spent in the costumes, in the allegories, and... You know the the theme cards and stuff like that, and the music, and there's the whole thing about people judging which samba school they call it that. You know samba schools. Um, they they judge them to see which one did better and stuff like that. And ever like I, I don't think I know anyone who's been to a carnival parade, but uh, we we do see it on TV and stuff like that, and it's pretty wonderful. So, if, here's a question. Is everyone in Brazil really good at football? And when I say football, I mean soccer to the American listeners. Thank you. <laughs> American football is hand egg. Yeah, excuse me, but uh, I do like American football, but, you know, uh, it's not a ball and you do play with your hands. So what the hell? <laughs> in Brazil, like our soccer, you, you play only with your foot and it's a ball. So it's called football. <laughs> but is everyone really good at it? No, not everyone. But it, it's a huge thing. That's not even like the whole carnival thing. It's it's actually freaking huge. And it's it's not like um, 
you'd get any normie from the street to really enjoy soccer, but I really don't know jack shit about it. Um, I appreciate it as part of the culture and stuff. I, I like you know, the whole art that goes into the whole sports scene. But like, I don't, I don't know if I have any close friends who are actually good at football. I'm really not interested. <clears throat> I mean, soccer, Americans. <laughs> America, fuck yeah! All right, so here's your next one. Do you do you get annoyed when people go? Do you speak Brazilian? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, uh, Brazil is a hipster country in South America because everyone around us speaks Spanish, and it's even natural for people to say, "Hey, do you speak Spanish?" No, I don't. I speak Portuguese. Actually, my Spanish is really poor. Although I lived in Bolivia for seven years. But um, no, well, we, we all know we all know that Portuguese is just Spanish with some marbles in your mouth, right? Yeah. <laughs> no offense to the Spanish listeners. I can I can actually slap you now. Can I say something really? Um, Please feel free. Rude. Yes. Sure. Uh, Portuguese is like Spanish, except it sounds good. Oh. <laughs> But the real thing is, is Brazilian is not a language. It's Portuguese. Yeah, it's Portuguese. Or, as I would say, pork and cheese. Pork, pork and cheese. Yeah, I don't want pork and cheese. That, that sounds really good. So, um, uh, so here in lovely America, we don't have a lot of... Um, I mean, the animals America. that we have here are just... I don't know. We have pigeons. We have rats. You know, we don't really have that that great of... I mean, we have elk. That's cool. Are you about to ask if wild macaws so, are flying around? No. Okay, good. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, in, in Australia, they have um, kangaroos that are just jumping around, jumping in the middle of the streets, jumping on the buses. No, I'm just kidding. Magpies. But it, don't forget anyways, about the giant yeah, butts. And they have magpies. Now, Brazil is known to have um, more species of monkeys in the world. So um, tell us, like, is there is there monkeys hanging from the lamp poles and, you know, chucking stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Is is a monkey considered a vermin? Like to Australian <laughs> people, like they considered kangaroos, which we all are like, yay, kangaroos are so cool. But they're like, yeah, I'm going to just you can like, exterminate them. Th- yeah, they specifically have on their cars something called a rhubar that you basically can just plow through the ruse as you're driving along. So, I mean, are monkeys considered a vermin in Brazil? Actually, uh, I'm going to tell you something surprising. I've never seen a monkey outside of a forest um, tour and stuff or in the streets of Rio. And uh, you just see, like, little monkeys hanging on the trees in, in the neighborhood of Ipanema, which is one of the most famous places there. But it's a lady from nothing that ever happens to be a problem for anyone. And really, like, uh, it's really, actually really hard to see a monkey here. Really? That's interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so here's one that I love that people assume. But please tell everyone what the capital city of Brazil is. Because 99% of people I ask go, oh, it's Rio. No, it's Brasilia. <laughs> Actually, it used to be. Like, Brazil is a mess. Our, our capital city changes. Our currency changes. Because we just can't decide on what's going to work. But Brasilia is an interesting um, city because it was made, it was built to be the capital. It's like, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure. Please forgive me if I'm getting giving you any false information, but I think it's just over 100 years old. 
the entire city has the shape of an airplane. Like if you see the map, it, it's shaped like an airplane. And it was made by a, an architect called, um, fuck. Uh, it's called, oh, fuck. no, sorry. I just forgot. Uh, it's <laughs> Oscar Niemeyer. And he has his own architecture language. He's famous all over the world. And um, he made like all the official government buildings where you put all the politicians and people who take money from you. <laughs> and basically the city was made and then turned into a capital for that reason. But before that, th there was Rio and, uh, oh shit. Actually, I think there was more than two capitals, but fuck, Brazilian history is just uh, fading off of my mind right now, sorry. But yeah, it's Brasilia. Uh, it's located in, the, in a really, really tiny state called uh, the Federal District. And it's basically just a state and a city made for politics. Oh, that's, that's kind of like Washington, D.C. in that sense. Though. It could be. Well, D.C. is not actually a state. It's actually a district, and it does not have voting power. It's just for the government to live in. Yeah, what's interesting about Washington, D.C., it's, it's not in the state of Washington, right? <laughs> no, I live in the state of Washington on the other side of the country. Yeah, interesting, because, like, um, Rio is in the state of Rio, and uh, Sao Paulo is in the state of Sao Paulo, but Washington is not in the state of Washington. <laughs> it's in no state. It is without a state. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to hit you with this one, because it's from Simpsons. Um, is, yeah, I know, but you have to, because this is what people see, right? Can you go anywhere you want just by joining a conga line? Oh, uh, terrible! I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, <laughs> never been in Congo. <laughs> no, that's one hundred percent absolutely true. So we talked a little bit about sports. I wanted to go back to sports. Uh oh. So um, tell us about. Um, first of all, um, I have no clue on how to say this. So, Tugs, you're going to help me. Spoiler alert, I'm going to give you all the wrong answers because I don't know anything about sports. You, you do realize... Or, or Newson. You, you also... Um, That's Switzerland, so I don't oh. know. Ruth wants to ask you questions about Switzerland now. As Okay, okay I, don't, I know you haven't listened to the show a lot, but Rue really thinks really interesting geographical things occur, such as that Switzerland is next door to Brazil now. So how is your relationship with Switzerland? Is it, is it pretty good? Do you have good trade ties? Is that an actual question? Like, I, I, what? <laughs> Ruth, I am confused. No, I, I do not. Shut up. No, that is not true. <laughs> I'm sure well, like, India is just two steps ahead from right New York. Next door. Okay, okay, how about this? Tell us about your national animal. Um, national animal. We, we have a national animal? Oh my god. You do? We do? Brazil yeah. has a fursona? A jaguar. A yeah. jaguar. I did not know. I was not aware of that. Well, now, Okay, so how do you feel learning that that is the official animal of Brazil? Well, I feel like... Fuck, Brazil has a fursona, and that's super interesting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like well, the. I think our national animal is the bald eagle. Uh, oh yeah, the right. bald eagle definitely. Or maybe that's the national bird. I don't know. Burb. Anyways. Burb. So explain to this will this will be fun. Explain to our viewers what does your flag look like? 
Uh, should I, like, describe it literally, or assuming that no one blows? Literally, figur figuratively, it is up to your interpretation. Well, I don't know. It's, uh, actually, I'm really proud of this flag, because I think it's really pretty. It's not just a bunch of straight lines. Not, like, the U.S., because, like, uh, I, I like the U.S. flag. <laughs> Fuck! Don't take me wrong. I completely messed that up. Everybody... Everybody's now offended. No, I'm sorry. Uh, at least you guys have, have oh, stars, man. you know, and it, it's a bunch of stripes, not just you three. You stars on your flag. Yeah, we do, but like just like Brazil, it's a mess of stars, not like uh, like beautifully arranged like the U.S. But um, I fuck, I'm not even sure what the stars in the Brazilian flag represent. But I, I like it because like it's fucking, it's a freaking diamond, and you know I usually uh, some people usually associate the blue with the sea. And uh, the yellow with sand, and the green with the forest, but I'm sure it's not that. And you know, there's a text. It's like the anthem of false advertising. The, the text in the middle of the flag says "Ordem e Progresso," which means order and progress, which are two things that we just don't have. But yeah, I think it's a nice flag. It's it it's, has like interesting colors and it's pretty. So according to Wikipedia, the stars in the are uh, include the famous constellations that you can see from there, like the Southern. Cross. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I remember that. Good, good. What else can I teach you about Brazil? No, I'm just totally <laughs> kidding. Oh, you taught me about I'm a national kidding. animal, about the stars and the flag. Maybe I'm getting a lesson here. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting because I do love history, but I just fucking I was drawing furries in the the history class. I think before I was a furry. Wow. So I'm going to send you this uh, while we're talking here, but I don't know if you've had... Have you seen the provisional flag that Brazil had before they adopted the Yes, the, uh, the United States of Brazil. Yes! That's so cool. Yeah, we just keep uh, getting... You just keep copying stuff from other places, you know. Uh, the most interesting thing is that our money... like We got a design revision for, for the Brazilian real, which is our currency, and it's... You know, it was always colorful, but then they just changed, like, oh, all the bills have different sizes now, depending on how much they're worth, and they have this super pretty reflective design, and I was like, oh my god, this is so creative. And then I went to Europe and realized that we just straight up stole the Euro design. Mm -hmm. That's fine, though. Okay, so going back to sports... <laughs> What's with sports? I don't know about sports! God damn it! What is... What is this one? It's number it's two. Capoeira. 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 What, what is that? Well, what can I say what? about Capoeira? It's... Well, it's like... Gyro. It's uh, originated from... <laughs> <laughs> it's originated from African culture. Uh, and it's sort of dance uh -huh. slash fight. In which... Excuse me, I really am not a Capoeira expert, but... Yeah, a bunch of people just get uh, get around together in the circle, and then two guys get in the middle, and they start like doing these uh, super cool moves, and they just uh, do this roundhouse kick, and yeah, the kind the of dance fight. slash fight at the same time. Uh, I don't know if it was actually a fight, but like they, they do this roundhouse kick on top on the top of someone else's head, and they don't actually hit them, of course, but yeah, it's interesting. And they usually play that to the sound of the bow, which is also an African instrument. I don't know what it's made of, but it looks like a bow and arrow that was customized to make sounds. So have, what have did... you, Sorry, I have to ask him this because you brought up Capoeira. Okay. Uh, have you seen the Bob's Burgers episodes about I've Capoeira? never actually seen Bob's Burgers. Sorry. 
Oh, yeah, no, there's a guy named Jaira who does it, and it's it's funny. Yeah. Sorry, Ruth. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, what is uh, foot, foot volley? What? Foot, foot volley? Foot volley? Yeah, foot volley. Foot... It's the number four is it? sport. Foot volley. Maybe yeah. we know it from with a different name, but I've uh, never heard of it before. It's a mix of football and Yeah, it, it sounds like it, but... Where the players must use their feet and head to get the ball... That sounds really creative. ...and into the opponent's side. That's advanced mode. Yeah, it's like volleyball in hard mode. <laughs> I, I think it applies to the, the, the most... Uh, the, the number one rule of Brazil. There are no rules. So we just... Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I didn't know if you had any other questions for him. No, you go ahead. Um, so, what's the, what are the one or two things that when you tell people, oh, I'm from Brazil, that you wish that they would know about Brazil? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe how good our food is. <laughs> well, the, what I expect them to think is, well, samba and football, but I don't know. Maybe I would just say, oh, you, you went to, like, I expect them to say, oh, I went to a Brazilian steakhouse. It was really good. And I tried some feijoada. It was amazing. Of course, I'm just thinking about food here. Uh, yeah. yeah. Brazilian food's good. Well, what, what is your, your guys' diet usually well, the consists of? Most uh, common Brazilian dish would be rice, beans, um, a piece of steak, and maybe fries. Like, people just, it's just uh, basically that and maybe salad. For breakfast, we usually have like a piece of toast with butter and coffee, and yeah, that's it. Do you, do you feel like the media's representation of Brazil is fair, or do you think it? It's really well, it depends on the media source. Hmm? Or do you feel like that it? Or do you feel like that it's that's completely missed? Well, there's a lot of stuff that's missed, of course, but uh, I think it's actually natural. Like I don't judge it when they say, "Oh, samba, football, feijoada," because it's there are things that we actually hype to other countries. They are things that do define our culture as a whole. So like media sources don't have time to keep digging into the culture and saying, oh, there's this thing too. So they just get what's superficial. You know, it's just like every furry documentary that you'll ever see. They basically have the same script. Just don't blame them for that. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like uh, well, stuff like BBC, CNN. Like, oh, furries, they're not a fetish, but they do have porn. But they're interesting and they, uh, you know. Well, we're going to, that's going to be a perfect stopping point for now. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. It's the last show of 2018, it's the holidays, and things have been a little out of sorts because of that. So, as of Saturday, December 22nd, here are your space headlines. It's been pretty interesting this past week. On Tuesday, we expected Launchapalooza with five missions on the books in one day. And then all but one scrubbed, so it became Scrubapalooza. Those who were supposed to launch were Blue Origin, SpaceX, ESA, the ULA, and ISRO, the Indian Space Agency. Of all five of these, ISRO's was the only one to fly. ESA only had a one-day delay, so the very next day their Russian-made Soyuz lifted off from South America. SpaceX, Blue Origin, and ULA still have yet to fly their missions for a variety of reasons. Hopefully, they'll all get off the ground soon. But hey, better scrubbed than exploded, right? China's been busy. They're looking at 37 launches for the year, including one or two that weren't entirely successful, with three more on the books to happen before the end of December. 
That's more than any other nation this year. One of their most recent missions was a lander set to touch down on the far side of the moon. Chang'e 4, a lander and rover, is set to land in early January, so be sure to stay tuned for an update. Two Russian cosmonauts recently conducted some rocket surgery while on EVA outside the ISS. You might recall hearing that one of the Soyuz docked to the ISS was found to have a leak, which they patched. Well, they finally got someone to go out and have a look at it from the outside, which required that the thermal blankets and meteoroid shielding be cut with a knife and pulled away. They sampled some of the material that had been used to plug the hole while it was still on the ground, and intended to bring it back to the surface for analysis. Now, don't worry, this was on the orbital module of the Soyuz. It separates and burns up in the atmosphere anyway. It didn't affect the entry module, which returned to Earth safely just recently. All crew aboard and unharmed. Rocket Lab is pushing hard to get their launch tempo up. On December 17th, they carried a NASA experiment payload, specifically a bunch of CubeSats, into orbit on a successful launch of their Electron rocket. The arrangement of the CubeSats to get them all fitted inside the fairing and still deploy without incident is an interesting bit of engineering that I suggest you check out if you like seeing efficient designs at work. Here's hoping they can keep up the pace and launch again soon. Virgin Galactic recently held another hot-fired test flight of their suborbital flyer, Spaceship Two, the VSS Unity. It flew to an altitude of about 13,100 meters, or 43,000 feet. That's more than 50 miles up. Now, there's a debate between a lot of people about where the edge of space is, the Kármán line you might have heard it called. There's talk of reducing the altitude at which you're considered to be in space, and if that happens, then the two pilots on the Unity will get their commercial astronaut wings because they made it into space, and it had four test payloads from NASA on board. Suborbital commercial spaceflight has finally got a race. Will Blue Origin or Virgin get to have the first commercial customers fly on their ships? We'll have to wait to see next year. All told, for the whole of the planet, there were over a hundred launches this year. That is amazing, and there's still a few more on the way. Humanity is finally starting to reach out and push the boundaries of what we consider our place in the universe. I for one look forward to what might happen in 2019. That's all for this year. I hope you have a good rest of the holiday season, and I'll see you in 2019 with an update on New Horizons. What's your favorite space-based happening from the past year? Write in and let me know. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next year, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying happy holidays and keep looking up, space fans. Fifty Sheds of Grey is brought to you by Rabbit Valley Comics. Rabbit Valley Comics, on the web at rabbitvalley.com, because my husband said we should be making money off of this shirt somehow or another. A review of the book Midnight Sins, The Callahans. The first chapter is one big info dump, and a confusing one to boot. Throughout the book, Lay repeats chunks of the same information over and over again. I couldn't decide if it was padding to make this into a full-length novel, or if Lay wrote this in pieces and never read the manuscript from beginning to end. About a quarter of the way down, though, I put this down and read something else. Then came back. Then I put it down again and read another book. Finally, I made myself finish it, but it felt more like penance and not so much for an entertainment. Then there's the love sex scenes. I used to like, insert name of author here, because she did erotic really well with a dark edge. Slightly improbable sometimes, but hot nonetheless. This wasn't hot. I found myself skimming the sex scenes between Cammy and Rafe? The guy's name is Rafe? 
Don't get me started on the names. Cambria and Rafer. Jammy, a Navajo guy named Tay. Really? And I never ever sit, skip the sex scenes. You know me. Lay used the word womb 23 times and the word erotic 36 times. Heated was the winner with 39 occurrences, followed by warmth. I should have been noticing word repetition or I should have been fanning myself or squirming in my seat. But one scene that did make me fun giggle, but not because it was funny, Cammy is unable to satisfy herself with her vibrator. And then, when she's with Rafe, she thinks how he vibrates inside her so much more strongly than her toy. Um, WTF. Because really, if guys did vibrate like that, don't you think it would get written up somewhere? It's what brought to you by Good Health. That's all, just good health, good friends, and good tidings. We like to fool around a bit on this show, and while that can be fun, sometimes it's good to just pause and reflect on things. 2018 was a year of many emotions, changes, and challenges. For some, it was a very good year. For others, it was difficult. It feels a little crass to try and make a cheap joke, so instead, I'll just say this. From all of us here at For What It's Worth, we wish you a very happy holiday, no matter what it is you celebrate. Have a splendid rest of the year, and here's to 2019 being a really good one. I know there's some out there who could use that turn of good luck. If you enjoy the show, please consider contributing to the Patreon campaign. The show does cost an actual definite amount of money to produce and host, so any contributions made help keep the show running. It can also help afford replacement equipment should something break down. Your continued support makes it possible to keep reaching out and saying hello on this fantastic, futuristic form of communication. For what it's worth, wishing you good health and not just for the holiday season. Okay, I said that stupid thing. Now, when do I get to open my presents? I've been a good boy all year, so Santa better have brought me something real good. Not like that stupid BB gun like from last year. I almost shot my eye out. Do that. I don't know that voice. I feel like that's my doily voice. Well, hey, boss. I don't talk like that. Yeah. I just want to say. I just want to say. Hey, boss. <laughs> Can I have a podcast, please? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of things like podcasts, let's continue. So, um, we have an email. It's from um, Kit, and Kit said this: "Hello to the cast of Fuwa and to its guesties." This is Kit. I thought that I would chime in on the topic of furries from Brazil. I think it's wonderful that there are furries from all across the globe. My question is about language. Language interests me. How language relates to culture and individuals interests me as well. With that said, what is the word for furry in Portuguese? Have other furry-specific terms been translated into Portuguese as well? Most examples do not. Uh, most examples involve the word fur, such as fursuit and baby fur. Yet some do not, such as badge and scritch. Thanks for reading this email. I hope all of you are doing well. Love and cookies, Kit. All right, so tell us, 
Is there a word for furry in Portuguese? Well, uh, that's a very interesting question because surprisingly enough, the word for furry is <gasps> furry. We just uh, say furry. But yeah, yeah. in Spanish, <laughs> in Spanish, they just say furro, uh, and we joke about it. We say furro, which is in the Brazilian, like the Portuguese accent and stuff. Uh, so yeah, we, we just call it furry and fursuit and well, head scratches. Not exactly, but <laughs> we don't use that. Oh, there's our word like um, cafuné, but that's not even a furry thing. It's just literally the translation. Huh. Just... So, so go, go ahead. ahead. I don't know. You sure? No, no. All right. Ahead. So tell us what tell us um, about the fandom in Brazil. I've noticed that you tend to refer to it as a separate and distinct entity rather than just a part of the larger furry fandom, for instance. Well, uh, it would only be like distinct because it's reserved to, not exactly reserved, but uh, it's in Brazil. But uh, the furries here are not much different in, you know, traditions and cultures from the, the rest of the fandom in the world. We just tend to kind of copy it. But we, of course, there's the whole thing about farmhouse conventions that are a thing that we have. But yeah, I, I would say like, well, starting, uh, I used to ignore the Brazilian fandom for the first five years, because interestingly enough, there was this weird coincidence that every time a Brazilian furry would add me on Facebook, uh, after five minutes of conversations, they would just ask me the size of my... <clears throat> and I would block them, because <laughs> I thought it was disgusting. So I, was, I just started having this wrong idea that all Brazilians for, Brazilian furries were degenerates and like fucking perverts. And I ignored it until, until my fiance just say, hey, let's go to Brazil Fur Fest. And I was like, no, it's going to be gross. And I was like, and she was like, no, let's go, dude, seriously. And I was like, okay, maybe, okay, let's go to Brazil Fur Fest. And I'm just going to prove you wrong. And it just turned out to be the best weekend of my life. So I would say, like, we do have our dramas, we do have our fights, but Brazilian furs are really, really nice. And... Comparing to, like, I'm a sticker artist, so I talk to furries from all around the world every day, and I feel like it's really easy to compare them to Brazilian furries. We just, um, we're furries and we're furries, you know, just furries. <laughs> so, ha have you have you been to another event that's fairly popular there? I don't even know how to say it. All right, everyone, here's the new segment, Rue Attempts to Speak a Foreign Language. <laughs> Um, furbolichi. Oh, yeah, furbolichi is, is literally fur bowling. Um, that would be what, uh, where Brazil Fur Fest originated from. This guy called Danny Lauderdale, uh, he's like the chairman of BFF. He is really committed to the fandom and stuff, and he started BFF, uh, like, he started the, the road to BFF on furbolichi, which, which would just be this one day bowling event which furries would gather and stay to Sao Paulo for uh, in a bowling alley for fun and it grew and it grew super large and then it turned into uh, Brazil Fur Fest. I totally forgot to mention that in the start of the interview by the way, sorry. You don't have, I wanted you to speak more words. Oh, I don't have, a, I don't have that much of a follow-up. I mean, so you, you went to the convention, it was the best time of your life. Did you get involved into the furry community at that point? Do you guys have community events that you go to now? 
Like, is there more to that particular story? Like, do you now chat with people online that, that, that don't just talk about the size of your dog or anything like oh. that? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, most definitely. I'm actually inserting, I'm, I'm in so many Brazilian furry groups now. I just happened to meet all the wrong people on Facebook. And I love the Brazilian furries. And frankly, I, like, I have this family of friends who are people I would freaking die for, you know, they just... Amazing people. I, I met like almost all of them at BFF. Some of them were introduced by my fiance and stuff. And yeah, my my whole idea that I had about those uh, degenerate furries were absolutely wrong. It just, you know, it was. I completely regret that. You know, I, I should I have been a, part of this before. I had a very similar experience that you did, except I went to um, I went to a convention and I went to a fox panel. And there were all these wolves that were there, and one of the foxes stood up and said, "Okay, let's 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 cut the crap, and let's." So who here is bi? Who here is straight? And who's a top and who's a bottom? And then all the wolves <laughs> what? that were there in the the panel were like, "Yeah, get to the good stuff." Really? Oh like, my god! <laughs> I was like, "Are you?" serious like that evening was the evening that i was going to leave the fandom i was like this is terrible excuse I, me i don't i don't want to be part of this or anything like that but then i decided and in fact the person that i went went decided that they didn't want to go another day but i i gave it a chance i went there all by myself and i met some of the most amazing people and that's how i you know fell into the the fandom so um you know, because I gave it that second second chance. But anyways, enough about me. Where was this uh, panel that you said? Was it, was it in a con? It was at Rocky Mountain Fur Con, which is no longer a convention a anymore. But Denver's there. But De Denver is um, Denver. doing really well. Well, hopefully what? it didn't Denver? end like Rain First. <laughs> no, it didn't end like Rain First. Except, I mean, we have... I mean, Rocky Mountain... I, I'm not going to get into much of the details of it, but... Okay, Rocky Mountain Furcon, you know, it we had lots of Nazi furs and stuff like that that oh, I, I, kind of affected that one. You know So anyways hmm. So what's your typical day to day involvement in the fandom outside of doing sticker commissions? Uh, I don't know, like um well to give you some sort of um an example, uh, once a friend told me, would you date someone who isn't a furry? He asked me this question like this year and was like, holy shit, I actually don't see myself dating someone outside of the fandom. So yeah, my involvement is pretty much 24 hours. Uh, uh, th those friends that I told that I, I met at BFF, I, there are people who I talk to every day. There is not a single day that I can remember this year that I haven't talked to them. And, uh, sorry, are you, are you talking just about the Brazilian fandom or just in general? Uh, no, you, you specifically. I mean, you do live in Brazil, so how do you think you interact typically with, with um, furries like most people in Brazil do uh, that are in the fandom? Well, my daily life obviously has to be limited to the internet because I do live in a small town. Relatively small, I would say. So the fandom isn't much, isn't really present here. Like there are three other furries here now. Five since I moved here, and then there is my oh, fiance wow. coming. You almost to live doubled with me. your numbers. Yeah, I could say that, 
But every time, like there's this, there's this uh, government program that allows uh, people under the age of 26 with a low income or people who lie about having a low income <laughs> to travel for free. So every time I get the chance, I go to Sao Paulo for their fur meets, which is really close to my city. And I go to Rio to visit um, my fiance's uh, family and all the furries that are there, which is uh, in Rio, as I mentioned. But outside of that, yeah, I'm just uh, always talking to furries from Brazil or outside and uh, can't really spend a whole day without thinking of the fandom. I'm really involved. I have a question. Sure. So, um, a bondo. Uh, what was that and where did that, I mean, what happened to that? Well, I didn't participate in any editions of the Abando. It actually, I think, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's over. It doesn't happen anymore. I forgot who founded it. I'm not sure if it was the same person uh, who made For Sichu. But it was this farmhouse event happened. I, I don't know when, where it started. It was back in the days where I was grossed out by the by the local furries on Facebook. So I really didn't <laughs> get much into that. The only thing I knew is that it was pretty organized. It had, it had a website. There were people selling tickets for it and stuff like that. But it was a pretty regular uh, farmhouse event for it was just gather and uh, eat a lot of good food, gather around a fire, fireplace or I know a fire pit and talk about stuff. But uh, I would say that Fursicho is pretty similar to it and I really like it. So basically the first time I went there, I went there expecting not much, but it was really fun. Like the, the person in charge is a really, really good cook. And, like, we had all sorts of good food, and then people brought, like, uh, BB guns for, for, uh, for us to shoot cans. There was this bow and arrow competition. There was this airsoft competition, and people would just um, have a lot of fun in that. There's a lake where people, where people just go and swim. And it happens every season. And I, I'm really sad that I missed the last one, but it, I went to two uh, for Sitches before that, and I've had a lot of fun. So... I guess my impression of Fursicho is really similar to my impression of what a bando would be. So I have one last question. Sure. For myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, what do you what do you feel that I mean? Do you, what do you feel that Brazilian furs, or or what do you not understand about? Um, the U.S. first that um, that you just don't understand like some of the things of maybe the culture or I don't know. Help me reword that question. <laughs> You're trying to ask like what do uh, what do foreign furries to Brazil do that's different and that's strange, or or what's what's strange that they're seeing that the U.S. furs are doing. Actually, not much since we mirror our community and uh, like in front of the American community, but. Um, my first question would be, how the hell do they get all that money? <laughs> there, there are so many furries with, you know, you go to their fur affinity page and it's like, oh, for, uh, cons that I have attended. And then like, there's a freaking Bible of a list with so many cons that they go to. I'm like, holy crap, dude, how? <laughs> you know, it's a fair question. And I think the reason that that happens, it's, so furry is a thing that you get into just like anything else, right? Like, Every, like every, you look at other people who have different interests, and you go, "You spent five hundred dollars on a radio," and they're, they're like, "Yeah, it's a crap radio. I needed one," and you're like, "That's five hundred bucks." Um, we all make, we all 
invest in things that are important to us, mm -hmm. be it time, be it money or whatever. And so it's just, you know, some people that is their primary social outlet. So that's what they put their money toward. Oh, well, um, I don't know if I worded it right. I'm not exactly criticizing that they spend. Oh, no, I, I don't think that we took. took it no, 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 no. It's just one of those like, wow, that's a lot of money. It's not a negative mm -hmm. thing. It's just an observation. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a fandom thing. It's more like a third world, first world kind of thing. You know, oh, my God, people over there actually have jobs. They make money. You know, oh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I I do admit that I paid a thousand dollars for a fursuit that's in the making here. Uh, well, around a thousand. It's just kind of less than that and if you, know you convert what? it right. Hmm. Uh, honestly, that amount is is actually what I would recommend for people. Like that's your first time fursuit, right? Your first fursuit. No, it's my that's second. Your second? Mm -hmm. Well, first or second, I would I would say that that's the ballpark that people should should be going towards mm -hmm. instead of spending. Are you on crack? What? Have you been smoking crack lately? Is, is it... Look, I know they legalized. Look here, don't do drugs, kids. It's, three... it's bad for you. Here nowadays, it's like people are paying four or five thousand dollars for a suit, we were and that's just that is absolutely that ridiculous. Yeah, it's four thousand bucks for most of the major makers now. And that is ridiculous that it's that expensive. Is it? I think it is. I mean, okay. To, yeah. But but wait, but but here's the thing: people want a certain look and a certain craft, craftsmanship and stuff like that. That is fine. I I'm not saying anything against first shoot makers. I think that they they earned that particular brand. They earned that particular look. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that if you're on a budget, mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. If you're on a budget. Don't go spend $4,000 on a suit. Don't overextend yourself. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, well, yeah, so, that's right. Some that's people go and go to these particular makers spending $4,000 because they want to be part of a particular brand or they want to be part of a particular family. And I think that that is what is ridiculous about spending $4,000. But if, again, you just barely talked about priorities. Mm -hmm. And if that is somebody's priority to spend that much money, I am not, I am not the type of person to, like, I should not judge them well, I, for spending that amount. I want to pick up on something that you just said. Um, the, th the thing about being part of a family, you mean like part of the brand that made the fursuit? Yeah, so hmm. mixed candy fursuiters get together to just just throwing a name out there. I mean, we could throw Scribble Fox, anything else, any any other thing like that. But hmm. you know, they have a particular they have particular meets that they get that they go to when they go to a convention. Like they have a certain photo shoot. Yeah. You know, Does... sometimes mixed candy fursuiters hang out with just mixed candy fursuiters. That kind of sounds like something like an elitist thing. Did I say that right? Elitist, elitist, yes. elitist, elitist. elitist. Um, yeah, that, that's weird. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not saying that happens all the time. I'm just mm -hmm. saying sometimes. Sometimes people spend that much money to be part of a particular brand, just like how people um, buy Nike or something like that. Yeah, I would say like it's the famous Apple problem. Like uh, there are so Apple many product, yeah. good arguments to get an iPhone. I'm an Android person, person, but I'm not a fanboy. Like there's so many good things, but people over here especially, like we have the most expensive, as far as I know, we have the most expensive iPhone in the world. And people will get them because it's Apple. They don't have any, any other arguments for it. So, like, we don't, people just don't buy it for the quality, but for the, you know, the privilege of saying, oh, I have this. I am part of the group of people who have this thing. 
But yeah, I, I don't... It's a status symbol. If, since this is an interview about the Brazilian fandom, I would say, I don't think we do have that so, sort of stuff. And uh, the makers here are really united. There's no no such thing as, oh, I gotta compete against this person and sell more than them. No, they actually help each other out with stuff. And yeah, that, that, that's kind of sad that people actually do that. But on the side of spending money, if you disregard the whole brand thing, uh, I don't like it when a brand makes money for its name but i do recognize that some artists like if i was i'm gonna sound kind of arrogant here but it is what it is you know if i had the recognition and quality to build a fantastic fursuit and like charge four thousand for it and people would pay for it i would be proud of myself <laughs> at least yeah yeah and I, I and they've worked to get to that particular point so i'm not talking negatively at all about mixed candy like i love her suits or i love their suits mm -hmm. I, I love the work that they they put in to it but you know it, they've earned where their particular status yeah so so i have a question since we're kind of talking about fursuits a bit here which is i i've noticed that um fursuits coming out of taiwan and japan have a certain look to them obviously we, we talk about styles yeah Are, is there a style of brazilian fursuit that you're aware of Actually, uh, I wouldn't say it's like specific like Japan. Frankly, no. I, I know uh, a couple of fursuit makers. Uh, I was actually going to tell you guys more about it because I, I have two sticker clients that ended up getting fursuits from a local maker that actually sells. Like, you've probably seen one of their fursuits in American Cons because she's really popular. But, yeah, I wouldn't say. Like, we, we just, as I mentioned before we just mirror our, our whole thing in the american fandom since you know but yeah i i, I cannot really tell a dif the difference between a brazilian fursuit and an american fursuit uh also it's a really good idea to um get a brazilian fursuit <laughs> not trying to damage any <laughs> fursuit makers out there of course i really love you all but our economy is fucking broken <laughs> like the, the the local currency was made like one brazilian real equals one dollar and it, right now it's 390 so it's really screwed up and wow, thanks to that some fursuit crafters can actually make fursuits for really cheap so you can get like this realistic or maybe this high quality cartoony fursuit for like 800 900 bucks and if you compare it to a an american maker for maybe the same recognition you would get to get it for like of fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars or stuff and stuff, you know. So make use of our broken economy, American furries. It's really good. <laughs> will, so, I have, will I have a tag that says "Made in Brazil"? Sorry. Will I have a tag that says "Made in Brazil"? Um. If if there's no tag that says "Made in Brazil," I'm out. I don't. <laughs> no, you know how like you get stuff that says "Made in China." There needs to be like "Made in Brazil." I don't think I uh, got that word. Do they have a what thing. "Made in Brazil"? A, uh, a tag. You know how they put tags on clothes? They'll say made in whatever. Oh, oh yeah, like, we, we made do. Made in the USA. Oh, yeah, we do, we do. Or made in China. We do have that. Yeah, so all the first, the first suit has to have that. Oh, the, the first suit, I don't know if it does. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, Kobe Wong first suit. I'm, I'm getting a, a realistic goat first suit from Kobe Wong, which is really good. And it, I, I, I think I remember it having a tag from her brand. And I don't know if it's written like made in Brazil, but it's there. So I, I caught something that you said. You, you said something about sticker clients. Do, are, do you do commissions? Yeah, I'm a yeah, sticker artist. Yeah. 
Oh, also awesome. taking advantage of the economy. Like I remember, like I, I do one sticker for five dollars, and once I had this American client who was like, "Oh, you poor thing! How do you make money from just five dollars for each sticker?" And I'm like, "Bitch, I'm Brazilian. Your money's worth gold." Um, I have a I have a question as far as uh, demographics. So, um, I kind of feel like in in this is just purely observational. Um, in in North America, you tend to see people have more uh, personas that match the local animals available, right? Bears, dogs, whatever, right? Some things are common. In Brazil, do you find that people have a little bit more of the local animals as their personas, or is it is it very much not like that? Like, I'm wondering, are there like 200 toucan furries or something? Or, or jaguars or monkeys? Yeah. There are some fursuiters who embrace the whole Brazilian fauna thing, but it's really just like three or four that I can think of. Uh, mostly we just stick to wolves and foxes like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I admit, I was a wolf before, and I was like, oh, I'm too hipster for this shit, so I'm going to make a goat. And it's actually a wolf goat because I like the, the sharp teeth and goat teeth look really bad <laughs> and the tail. So I'm part wolf, but yeah, I just went for a goat. And frankly, I don't know many goats at all in the local fandom. But yeah, as for Brazilian specific animals, I, I really don't see much of them. Like I, I would think of the main wolf. I would think of uh, the, you know, the, the, the parakeets and stuff, uh, but um, no, not many. What about foxes? You're not saying fox very much, which I'm, I'm noticing. Oh, what? No, no I, I did mention foxes, or do you mean some sort of Brazilian-specific fox? No, 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 no. I just, I, I feel like you're, uh, based on what you're saying, I feel like there's more emphasis on wolves. No, I said foxes and wolves, yeah. Okay, okay, fair, fair. I stand corrected. Um, all right, so my last question for you about the Brazilian fandom um, is kind of like how I ended it last oh, time. Oh, it's is, over? What... Almost. No. <laughs> show left. But but do what do you want people to really know about the Brazilian fandom other than give us money? So <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't no, mean no, it that no, way. I'm just saying it's, it's Dude, pretty good, you know? It's pretty good. This is this is Tugs. He's giving you a hard time. Uh, okay. everyone a hard time. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, he's a screaming goat. Yes! Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, a screaming goat you're more like <laughs> <laughs> throw some cans, throw some cans, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just my goat instinct. No. What, what, what do you, what do you want people to know about the fandom in Brazil? They were freaking awesome, basically. Uh, they're really good people to talk to here, and. Brazil Fur Fest is a really nice convention. There were people like the last edition we had, like uh, we had Fox and War over, and. Next year we're gonna have Fox somewhere in Pepper Coyote because they like Fox really loved Brazil. Uh, there were people from all over the world, and I would love people to like uh, look at this convention and maybe you know consider coming here and meeting the whole country because going to a convention is interesting because you actually end up getting so much more from just the fandom. You just get to know the place and stuff. But aside of the convention thing, yeah, I would say like um, I don't know, just. <laughs> the, the Brazilian furries are really nice people and uh, yeah there, there's not much to say we're just a mini American fandom with our own Brazilian aspects I would say is the is the programming and all the stuff available in English too because I'm pretty sure most people don't speak better Spanish oh yeah actually since uh, 
BFF is basically programmed to be this whole international thing. We have material in, in English and Spanish. If you go to the Brazil Fest YouTube channel, there are videos available in every language. Uh, I mean, oh. mostly Portuguese, Spanish, and English, of course. Um, like every america language and i'm talking about the continent people <laughs> there's a whole landmass around you thank you <laughs> my my last question for you is a, a personal question with you do with it wasn't me particular persona <laughs> being a goat mm. how many furries try to sacrifice you oh <laughs> this, is, this is interesting actually um uh Carrie, one of the uh, artists that uh, I actually mentioned before, but I didn't say his name. Um, you know, at, in BFF 2017, people were like, oh, look, a goat, let's do a ritual. So I, I lied on the floor, <laughs> and they started, I don't know if you know this song, like, it was just a, this Spanish song that got popular. Uh, it's, a, it's a silly song, and they started, like, uh, freaking doing this ritual to this silly song. It was like, rising with my bones cracking and stuff like that Ugh. and carrie ended up making a shirt like he's a super he's a fantastic designer he just ended up making a shirt based on that scene and selling it and it was fantastic so yeah people try to summon me like just a day before like while we were on break i had this friend send me this meme in which this guy was like saying latin words and then this baphomet figure just shows up and says like, thou hast called me, what is your desire? Would, uh, was thou like eternal life, unfathomable wealth, world domination? And the guy's like, just not me, daddy. Oh, whoa. So, so just send that me that note, kind of stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. So on that note, what's your final, final words? Um, fine. A anything that you want people to know about yourself about brazil or just a quote or something that that you live your life by whatever mm. okay well first uh, you just stall for a minute oh, do that? yeah i don't know <laughs> that's the kind okay here here okay. we go all right i'll stall for just a minute while you okay. get your thoughts we just want to remind we just want to remind everyone that this episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by Spoochizikum. Spoochizikum is a Ukrainian sweetener and it goes in your coffee. It will make it so good and creamy and delicious. Spoochizikum, try some today. Do try it. It's really good. I never had it, but it's amazing. <laughs> oh um, also, before I forget, we didn't do something we need to do. Patreon worship. Patreon worship. Woo! But let me log out of my personal Patreon and log into the other Patreon. That way we can be sure that, because I got called to task because we, we skipped something on accident once, and they were like, uh-uh, I want my, my bennies, ooh, so. Ooh, ooh. We should have Boss do the sound effects. Oh, uh, except that my last pass is being a butthole, so hold on a second. Uh, I know, right? Spoojizikum. So while the tape is running. Yeah, actually, did you come up with your thought? Because we can do the Patreon worship after. Oh, me? Um, No, I'm just thinking of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time. Oh, okay, so, um, fuck. Yeah, um, um uh, of course, yeah, first, this, the first thing I said in this interview, thank you so much. This has been super fun. I'm feel super, uh, feeling super honored to represent my local uh, fandom in this uh, show. I hope I didn't mess anything up for, for the Brazilian furries or anything. 
And uh, I would like to thank the whole furry community as a whole for like, I, it's not just, I, I got like a fiance from this. I got a family of friends who love me a lot. I got my job from this and I got in college because of the influences that I had. So I would say that like inside and outside of the Brazilian fandom, I'm just, I don't think of leaving this community any, anytime soon. So, and all you guys, thank you so much for listening and thank you for, uh, you're interested, uh, you're interested in the local fandom and consider going to BFF because it's really cool. I like that that's the abbreviation for Brazil for Fest. Best friends mm-hmm. forever. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, actually, this logo okay. is Best Friends Forever. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's awesome. It yeah. works. Brazil Fur Fest 2019, Best Friends Forever. <laughs> okay. You. Well, then let's move on and be sure we do our appropriate worship. So, uh, of course, as you guys all know, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us, we'll give you instructions in just a moment. But really, the show would not be possible without it. So, we want to thank Snares, Skylos, Kachi, Guardian Lion, uh, Dusky, I got it, uh, Loki, Cody, Black Baldrick, Rifka, uh, Artorius, Ichisake, and at the top of the tree currently is Kit. So... Thank you, everyone, for supporting our show. We appreciate that you think that we're, we're actually worth money. <laughs> uh, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash fwiw and join the madness. Uh, as a heads up, I did post this on our Patreon, but since you're listening to us, um, we do our stickers in batches, so we are due for another batch soon. So if you're like, where are my stickers? They're coming. Don't worry. We've got your back. So, Hey, Patreon people. Yay. You're freaking amazing. Yeah. Keep supporting them. They're awesome. Oh, 10 out thank of 10. Oh, Rue's experiencing emotions. <laughs> it's like a disease. I am okay. broke right now, but after I'm not broke, I'm going to start supporting you guys. Oh, uh, that's so sweet. The only person so I'm, I'm being a patron for is uh, Ace of Hearts Fox. I really love that guy. And I guess you guys are the second. <laughs> Well, then we'll read your name every Yay. show. But remember, guys. So here's here's what will happen is if you don't, someone will write in in like three months ago. So did he join? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's move right on to housekeeping then. Yes. Right? Or mailbag. Or are we doing mailbag? Uh, time. We'll do it next episode. We'll do it in gratitude. Yeah. So we do know we have a little bit of a backlog. Um, we have like, I think, what, like a half dozen. We so do. we'll take care of that in the gratitude episode, which is next. Uh, so I already ruined that part of housekeeping. Yay. So, um, comment on the site, you guys. It makes us look like the, that people actually listen. <laughs> um, also, you know, um, thank you so much for the people that have been forwarding or, or retweeting our messages on Twitter and commenting. It, it definitely helps um, build traffic towards the show itself. Um, also, you can find us on Facebook and Telegram. So, if you want to join us in our Telegram channel... Please send me a message at, at WineRedFox, or you could send an email to castupforwhatitsworth.com. Yeah, or you DM us on, on Twitter, and one of us will take care of you. We usually get to you within just a couple hours. I think our longest has been like a half day. It's yeah. usually pretty fast. Um, and then you said, at for what it's worth for Twitter, right? So uh, I also want to make sure that we thank our supporting cast. So Voss, give us your five seconds of wisdom. 
Silence is golden. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Fire Breath for being Canadian and also generally awesome <laughs> at doing doing our, our lines. Um, he's he's awesome. And I wanted to thank you, Tugs, for coming all the way out here in good old Salt Lake City, receiving your testimony again oh and being God. here with us in studio. You it's know, great to see you. I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw off cadence for a second. Do you know that like I can't escape, man? Like I live like two clicks from a temple. So like anytime I dress, I'm like, oh, it's the temple. Like I don't get to escape. <laughs> and guys, like I would like to apologize for delaying this so much, because <laughs> like every time I. It was, yeah, us no, it was both of us, but yeah, I just ended up going to another country and doing stuff for my own event and never managed to be with you guys. And now that I see how huge this is, I feel kind of bad <laughs> for delaying it. Also, you guys should like commemorate this on a Brazilian steakhouse. And you listeners should go too because they give you meat on a sword. I'm doing that tonight. Ooh, I actually am not go. I really am. Going to Take pictures. Tucanos is great. I love Tucanos. But it's not as good as Fogo de Chavo. All right. Is there anything else we need in housekeeping? Uh, next episode is gratitude. We've already gotten some emails. Um, emails and voice clips, especially voice clips. Uh, I know that Rue and I talk so awesome all the time. But in reality, voice clips keep things kind of variety, full, uh, full of variety and mixed. It definitely uh, makes our show different and, and has more depth to it versus just hearing our voice. And and I get that like you, most people don't like the sound of their own voice and they think they sound dumb and all that. I get it. Do it anyway and don't listen to it. Just send it to us. You'll be so fine. if they don't want to send it to castupforwhatitsworth.com, um, how do they send it through our voice messages? Call 1-469-44-FURRY and leave your voicemail. It has a two-minute limit. I thought it was three minutes. It's two. All right. So before we go, tell us what's going on in your life. Who do you want to say hello to and how can people find you? Okay. Uh, so I would like to give a shout out to Shenzai, first of all, my fiance, first maker artist, uh, one of her closest friends, Olin, um, my best friend, Rufus, and all the friends from my furry family, which would be like Luna, Carrie, um, Megan, Guto, and like there are so many people, just people from Machilla, which be which would literally be Peck in Portuguese, which is my close um, group of furry friends. Uh, also, a shout out to Pachulo, the, one of the first makers that I I told you guys about, which is also a really good friend of mine, and Danny for making all this possible for creating like a Brazil Fur Fest and stuff. And yeah, I guess that's it. Like, actually, I'm probably missing some people, but yeah, big hug to all you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And eventually, uh, I'm here in this podcast because you guys just let me into it indirectly. All right. And then where can people buy stickers from you at? Oh, yeah. Uh, at Burgos Stickers would be my uh, Telegram channel. At Wolf Burger which be, would be my uh, personal private message tag on Telegram. Uh, they're five bucks each, <laughs> uh, five for 23 and stuff. And, um, yeah, the, you can just look up my stuff on my channel if you're interested. I hope to talk to all you guys, not only about stickers, but really, I really want to meet new people from this podcast. We'll argue about this. Just kidding. Keep but, it efficient, but, but it hey, will work. The people that are still listening to us all, all the way to the end, once again, we want to thank you 
our listeners for for hanging in with us and and hearing all this um, I don't know I'm just going all over the place but hey we love you yep so thank you for listening and this has been Rue this is Burgos this is Voss and you've been listening to for what it's worth oh he didn't do it you have to say the show name for what it's worth it's punishment now oh man he's fast yay (laughs) very cool cool